0: you have to be writing very good music high you know top quality music that can be released on a record label that people would play that's the bare minimum that you have to do
1: what is up guys welcome to the edm podcast episode 34 my name is sam matler i'm your host and today i'm talking with noah neiman now noah came on the show during episode 21 i believe it was episode 21 And um, we had a great chat and you guys loved it. Uh, Noah is a doctor, full time, and he makes music on the side. Um, But he's a really good producer and he's pretty well known. So I thought I'd get him back on just because we had a great chat the first time. He's done quite a bit since the last episode, uh, released a few tracks. And we talk about those and we also talk about a few other things, including how to get through the last 10% of a track, how to approach other producers specifically for collaborations, uh, how to get better at arrangement and why it's easy to do so. We also talk about being realistic and this is going to be controversial, I think, uh, because there's a lot of of talk out there about, you know, you can make it full time as a musician, follow your dreams, all that kind of stuff. and, And Noah says, stay in college, get a good degree. And he explains why. So that's near the end. Make sure you listen to the whole episode so you hear that. We also talk about his latest release, Told You So, which is coming out on Revealed Recordings this week. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Now, just before we get into the show, uh, I want to talk about something that's happening next week on the 29th, uh, well, the 28th for most people, 29th New Zealand time. So... so July last year, I launched a book called "The Producer's Guide to Workflow and Creativity," an ebook, and it was all about how to overcome creative block. You know, make more music, all that kind of stuff. And a ton of people have got value out of that book. And next week on the 29th, I'm launching the second edition. Now, the second edition is not just a an update or an edited version. With a few extra words in it, it's a uh, a completely new book, written from the ground up. It's taken a long time, but it had to be done. Um, I personally think it is 10 times better than the first edition, um, but I'm a little bit biased. Anyway, that's coming out next week. If you struggle with creative block, you want to finish more music, you want to work faster, get more done, you want to learn how to collaborate with people, or you simply want to be more creative and come up with better ideas... This is the book for you, Uh, like I said, next week on the 29th. Really excited to share it with you, and I'll be sending more information out about that via email, so uh, keep an eye out for that. That's all for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tweet me at EDMProd on Twitter or comment on this episode on SoundCloud or EDMProd.com. Peace. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months, or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the EDM Podcast. Today, I'm with Noah Neiman. Again, the uh, second episode we've done. Noah, it's been a while. Yes, sir. What have you been up to? (laughs)
0: Uh, not much, man. Just writing these tunes, I guess. Um, doing the doctor thing, and I just got back from Croatia. Uh, it was totally, uh, totally a um, holiday trip. There's no like DJing or anything like that involved. But uh, it's a gorgeous place. Um, if any, if anybody gets an opportunity to go out there, be sure to take it because it was it was unbelievable. I mean, it, You know, I did not picture Croatia looking the way that it looks. And uh, there's there's a surprisingly good uh, wine industry there. <laughs> uh, I had no idea. I didn't even know that they made wine over there. But it like it's probably some of the best wine I've ever had.
1: Yeah, I, I saw some photo on your Instagram with all these uh, wine glasses sitting <laughs> on the table.
0: Yeah, there's was like probably like fifty wine glasses. No, we we were there for about two and a half weeks, and there was literally not 24 hours that went by where we didn't have at least one bottle. <laughs>
1: One one bottle.
0: Oh, oh yeah, whole bottle. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So for twenty four, uh, what you know, two two and a half weeks, um, bottle a day at least. At uh, least. And it's always you saw know, some beer and yeah, like yeah. it's kind of sprinkled in there too. So. Of course. Um, I've got I've got a good amount of uh, working out ahead <laughs> <out> of me. <laughs> to lose all that uh, useless carbohydrate <laughs> baggage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so for people listening, I mean, um, I don't think we're, we'll go into your background in depth because we've done that in the in the first episode, which was, oh my goodness, episode twenty. I'm looking on SoundCloud right now. I wish I could remember. <laughs> you know
0: better than me, man.
1: <laughs> so episode twenty-one.
0: Twenty-one. All yeah. right. good old twenty-one drinking age.
1: Wow! Well, <laughs> oh, it's eighteen over here.
0: Oh, no, is like, it really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah see us Americans we can't handle it, man <laughs> i'm sure our- I'm sure people
1: start earlier than twenty one though
0: well, let's just say that uh, I know somebody who has <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so yeah episode twenty one if you're listening to if you haven't heard of Noah before and you're listening to this go listen to episode 21 first and then listen to this one because um, it'll make a lot more sense but the gist of it if you're not going to do that like you're too lazy to, to skip back or you just can't be bothered <laughs> Noah is a doctor as well as a producer a, a highly successful producer um, at that um, so how, how many hours do you sleep per night? Actually, I mean,
0: I'll
1: get the full item. I,
0: I need a, Oh yeah. I need to get it. Well, I, I mean, it depends, but, but yeah, it's, it's close to that. It's between six and eight hours a night. Um, I, I, am like, I used to not do that when I was younger. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I always, I was like, you know, sleeps for the week.
1: Yeah. Like, yep. I
0: need to be laying down with my eyes shut when I can be doing something productive. But as I've gotten a little bit older, it's, it's kind of like crept up on me. I mean, it's, it's surprising too, because you don't think it'll happen. Uh, but it most certainly does um, and you you just, just like man I'm just I don't want to do anything right now I just want to sleep yeah <laughs> uh, like I said you know I've, I've, I just got back from Croatia and I'm still kind of on Croatian time um, so right now it's like 2 in the morning for me oh is it uh, yeah I mean it's, it's it's 8 o'clock right now in the US but, like, but I it feel, feels like 2 yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not the <laughs> it's not uh, I mean you know, whatever I, I guess I, like, you know, just kind of get
1: used to it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of producers actually have the younger ones, especially have that mindset of, you know, sleep can wait. Like I, I saw some guy on Facebook the other day bragging about how he got five hours of sleep. <laughs> it, it makes like, I, I think it makes you less creative. Like you just can't think at a reasonable level when you're sleep deprived. Well,
0: y- yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that, um, It comes like there's like a sort of like a maybe an inverted U (laughs) curve uh, where you you, kind of like you can only deal with so much or with so little sleep. And then once it gets to a certain point, like you you, like you call it kind of like start falling off and your concentration is off. You're starting to feel a little groggy and you might try and fight it, but you know, the creative process, you're right. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't happen for you. Like it's funny though because. I was watching an interview with Steve Aoki, and that guy says that he gets like two hours of sleep a day. Really? And he is, I mean, like his day is full as shit. You know, he's like, he's got, he's got like, you know, four or five different businesses or he might have more than that. He's just like clothing, obviously the music thing. He's a DJ. And when he DJs, like he's not just DJing. I mean, people make fun of him for it. Throwing
1: cakes and all that kind of stuff. He's like
0: all over the place, you know, like... Like he he takes his shows like, you know, to one like one hundred percent energy the entire time he's on stage. There's no like lulls in the energy. It's like a crazy party the entire time and, and two hours of sleep you know, and then doing all that like you know, every weekend or three yeah. or four days a week. I can not even imagine that. That's and he's overnight.
1: So Wow. Wow. I, I think they are like from what I from what I read, like there are some people, the very small percentage of the population who can get by on, you know, four hours of sleep, but two hours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's all sorts of weird things like that. Like, uh, like a friend of mine could study while drunk and, you know, do extremely well. Like he, he the, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, there's there's all sorts of people that can like get away with stuff that you know the average person would be like, what?
1: Yeah, yeah. That doesn't
0: even make, doesn't even make physical sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get I get a I get a good amount of sleep because um, I just feel like I need it. I mean, I certainly think that my music would suffer if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have like proper. Uh, you know, physical health. And I think it's sleep. Uh, I didn't used to be in the of disbelief, but sleep is, is most certainly something that you need.
1: You're sleeping for eight hours, you know, you're working full time. How do you fit everything in? Cause we, we kind of talked about this in episode 21, but what we didn't talk about was everything beyond production, because obviously as a producer, you're not just making music, you know, you're updating your social media, you're handling contracts, like, going back and forth with labels and other artists and sorting stuff out, the business side of things. It's, it is a lot of work. Um, how do you, how do you fit it all in?
0: Uh, it can be, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you need to have the production thing down. I mean, and you need to be at the top of your game. Um, like you need to be able to write really good music and that is the minimum you need to be able to do as a producer. That's a minimum. Cause, cause there's people out there that are writing great tracks. um, and they're doing everything else, as you just mentioned. So if you're not, like, at the the top, like, in terms of production, like, like I mean, you don't, you don't have to be, like, the best of the best, but you have to be writing very good music, high, you know, top-quality music that can be released on a record label that people would play. That's the bare minimum that you have to do. So, you know, to, like, you know, all the other stuff is, again, it, it's, really, it's really just, it's just, like, the way... I talked about producing is like cutting out everything that takes time. So you had mentioned I'm I'm dealing with contracts. Um, I like I mean I read through them, but the majority of contracts are pretty standard. Like the ones that come from Armada, uh, they're you know they're pretty standard. Like I I mean if if I look at all my tracks, like the only thing that would change the only difference between every single contract that i've signed for them is the the name of the track and the, the vocalist maybe um so like once you read one it's it's like if you're releasing on the same label it's it's pretty much going to be you know like word for word the same thing of course yeah um now like i know that like printing out a track is like diff- i mean printing out a contract is difficult these days because nobody has a printer anymore <laughs> Um, so you, you need to do that, but there's actually a great app, um, which I, I don't know if you've heard it or not, uh, heard of it or not, but it's called, I think it's called, uh, Kuda sign. Let me look it up. I've got it on my phone right now. Um, where you can, I mean, I'm sure there's other apps that are just likely to do the exact same thing, but basically you can just sign. Okay. It's called sign now. Sign now.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Kuda sign. Um, it's called sign now and, uh, you can just, you can sign with your finger, like Put on your own signature, uh. and uh, and just do it digitally. And it looks like you can pick a like a like a pen, like a, like a like a felt tip, or like a calligraphy pen, whatever you want it to look like. So it looks real. And then you can put your initials in there too if you need to. Um, and then you can type stuff out like you know if you need the date or whatever. Um, and that that's really helped me out because like trying to get contracts signed used to be a bitch before I found this app. And like the labels would be like, where's that contract? You know, why haven't you signed it? And I'm like, oh yeah, it, it got like, i got buried underneath emails. I'm sorry. I'll get it to you tonight or whatever. And then I wouldn't because I don't have access to a freaking printer. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to like a, you know, Kinko's or I don't know what you guys have over there. Um, Library. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a copy shop that you go to and uh, you, you print it out there or something like that. But you know, they're, they're like, those don't even exist you know, anymore.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: So yeah. So it's just, it's kind of funny when you think about it. Um, so that's, that's like a weird barrier there, but you know, the things like that, it just like simplifies your lives. Like, so like an app like that, um, you know, for social media, that's just, I mean, that's just life. That's just part of life. I mean, like you you can do it like on the fly, like when you're walking down a hallway or, um, stuff like that. I mean, I think it's just a matter of getting stuff done. Um, you know, a, a good way to do it might actually just be to make a list of things that you need to do versus trying to like, look at them, like, like literally look at your email and see what I, what you have to do, or, you know, if something's online, you know, go see what you have to do there. Cause that's all in different places. So maybe like centralizing it on a one list, like just make a list on your iPhone or your Android or whatever and, uh, and see how much stuff you need to do. Um, that actually has helped me a lot because, uh, like for instance, um, whenever I have a day off, my wife will assume that I just have all this time and I can <laughs> I can do all these errands, um, which I which I don't mind doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, But it's just it's kind of funny how that how it always like it always happens. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I love her, <laughs> so don't get me wrong. But um, so she'll she'll actually write out a list because I am extremely forgetful. Mm -hmm. Uh, she'll tell me to do like five things, I'll remember two of them. Uh, And it's just five things. And they're all in the same place, (laughs) you know, something like that. Um, And I'll know that I had five things to do. I'll just be like, I can't remember what what three things were. So uh, she'll write out a list for me to do. And I find that doing that is just so much more easy. Like it it just makes things, makes doing things easier. I don't know why. Uh, Maybe it's because you could see the progression that you're making like crossing off things on the list and be like, Oh, I have two more things to do, or I will only like add a 20 or whatever. Um, so that, that's really helpful. I think making lists, um, and I've I've heard other people actually say that too, uh, making lists is is really helpful for them. So that might be something that, uh, uh, you know, you might want to do if, um, if you're having trouble, um, with, with time management.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of lists, um, especially on pen and paper. I know you can get apps and all this kind of stuff to, to handle yeah. it, but I do like paper. Like I think it's just super, it's it's like more permanent, you know, once yeah, you've written yeah, down no, paper. I
0: really do. I get that. I mean, it's sort of like the tangibility of it. Mm. Um, but yeah,
1: it's hard to carry around. So.
0: It, it is. Yeah. Kind
1: of got two following questions from this. Okay. The, the first is that and i've seen this pop up in recent months and i can't really i'm not judging when i say this but i feel like a lot of producers who aren't at who like you said aren't doing the bare minimum of making great music are focusing too much on the other stuff like the social media and actually strategizing and you know <laughs> where do i get good graphics from and this kind of stuff um do you feel the same way like do you feel that there's kind of that there could be a little bit more focus on the craft of music production.
0: Well, uh, I mean, like I said, I think it is the most important thing to is to write good music if you're planning to be a musician. Um, but you know, that being said, uh, all that other stuff is important. Um, but, but, so, but at what point? Like, that's what I'm asking. Right? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I guess, yeah. If you're like, if you're literally just starting out, yeah, you don't want to worry about your logo. Or, you know, how cool your Facebook, or how many likes your Facebook page has got um, or, your, you know, like how many people are looking at your Snapchat, you know, snaps or whatever. Like that stuff, it really doesn't matter because to be honest, if you're just starting out, nobody's going to be doing that. So if you have a whole bunch of likes on your Facebook page and you don't have a single track out, like, that, that doesn't really add up, you know. Um so yeah, so I mean logo design, that, that's cool. I mean it's it's fun to do. Like you could probably do it as like a break from writing music. Um like it might also it might kind of feel like that's like a chore to do because sometimes it can actually be a little di- bit difficult if you're uninspired. But, um you know, I, I found that if like writing music, um if you're doing that in and out all day long every day, um you, you need breaks. So, you know, doing that kind of stuff as a break might, might, might work well. Um, but I do think that like first and foremost, you do need to focus on the, on the, on the production. It needs to be the most important thing that you're, you're working on. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. you know, again, if you're not writing at the top of your game, um, you, you, nobody's going to take you seriously.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the way I, I approach it and the reason I ask is because, a lot of these people work a full-time job and they might have, you know, between family and all these other obligations might have like a couple of hours spare per day, like two hours, let's say.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and to me, it's like, do you spend one hour of that, you know, thinking about how you're going to kill it on Facebook or do you put that into production, which is going to have like a, a long-term benefit, like more of a long-term benefit, if that makes sense.
0: Ah uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. You, Opportunity
1: you, cost. That's, that's what I'm trying to say.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, know, that at that point, Facebook doesn't matter. Like, if you only have two hours out of the day, don't spend it on Facebook because you, you're all, you're going to get distracted anyways on Facebook. So all, you're not, you're not going to spend an hour of your time, like building up your Facebook page, which you don't even need to like you know, an hour. Like that's way too much. If you're spending an hour on your Facebook page, you need to hire somebody to do it for you because you don't know what the hell you're doing, (laughs) you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, both of those hours should be spent writing music or, or learning some sort of technique on YouTube or, or something to improve your ability to make good music because like, you know, unless you're like 80 years old, you're going to be, you're already going to be good at Facebook, you know? (laughs) I mean, like I said, unless you're spending an hour on it, that's that's not that's not good. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's not necessary for you to improve your Facebook game. Um, now, you know, if you're looking at stuff like you know getting the right ad out or something like that, uh, again, that's stuff that you don't really need to be worrying about at the beginning if you if you're not writing the best songs, that, that, you know, that you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for for anybody that's out there that's that's doing that. Stop right now and and open up your Daw and do some stuff in there because that's where it's going to count. That's where you're going to get signed to a great label, and then once you're on a great label, you know they're going to mention you on their Facebook page. Your Facebook page is going to blow up, so you don't have to do a thing. You know why waste all that time when you can like other people can do it for you for free? But there
1: are a lot of people out there, and I get emails all the time from people who say, you know, I get it. Like I have to spend more time making music, but I come home from work. Like I work 60 hours a week or, you know, 40 hours a week. I come home from work and I'm just tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, I really, <laughs> I really do get that. Um, so you're saying like, how do you, yeah, how,
1: how do you deal with that? Or what advice would you give to them?
0: You know, honestly, um, I, I don't come home every day and write music. Um, like today, like this whole week. You know, especially because I just got back and I'm still on you know uh, European time. Uh, I'm just I'm, my brain's kind of fried. I'm too exhausted to write music and to do anything like really amazing. Um, at least in my opinion. Uh, and so I'm, I'm taking a break. You know, I'm I'm letting myself kind of recharge, um, and 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 that's kind of. That's kind of it. Uh, and I'm sure that probably next week I'm going to, uh, you know, get back into it. Uh, maybe even this weekend, um, you know, where I don't have to work and, you know, I'll spend some time, you know, watching TV or doing whatever with uh, my wife. Uh, and then I'll come up to the studio and, and just open up the door and see what comes out because, you know, I haven't really done anything in terms of music for, almost three weeks now, um, kind of the time that I spent in Croatia. So it's it, I've had like a good amount of time to just kind of chill and relax and not have to stress about, you know, oh, does this sound right? Does that sound right or whatever? Um, so I think that y- you don't have to necessarily be writing music every day. Like you come home from work and like you feel like stressed out that you're not spending time in the studio. Like, no, just just relax. And I think that, you know, maybe like, watch a couple of videos or something because that's definitely going to help you out, but it doesn't necessarily need you to be sitting at your desk, you know, with a, with the you know, dog open and doing all this stuff. You know, it's actually, it can be pretty enjoyable to just like watch the video and see what this guy's doing and, you know, learn some techniques. Um, now if you're like, don't watch like how to make this synth or how to make that synth because you, you need to be at your, you know, your, your desk and have that synth open in order to like, really follow along. I'm talking about, you know, like watching stuff at like Pensado's place or, uh, watching, like go to like the waves, um, uh, YouTube, like they've got tons of awesome videos there. Uh, and also, um, there was another one, uh, that I was going to mention. Oh yeah. Isotopes, uh, IZotopes YouTube. They've got really cool stuff on like how to use their own stuff. Um, But just like I mentioned with the uh, mastering tutorial that they've put out, like it's a PDF, um, a lot of what they have is very similar to a lot of what's just out there. So what they say about their own things can translate really, really easily to, to other um, compressors or or limiters or or whatever uh, tape machines, things like that. Um, So you can use those techniques that they're talking about with, other bits of software um so yeah so so i mean like you know you don't necessarily have to be writing music all the time to be you know like learning or or um you know improving yourself in terms of production you can just go watch a video and and it's still going to help you out a lot
1: so you've you've got a release coming up called told you so been premiered on Hardwell On Air, I believe.
0: Yes. Uh, tell us a bit about that. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's, a, it's a really great track, in my opinion. One of the best I've written, uh, once again, in my opinion. Um, it, it, it's a funny kind of it's a funny story on how it sort of came together because um, Anna Yvette, who's the singer on the track, I've written a song with her um, a long time not a long time ago, but maybe a year ago um called Eyes to the Sky. And like that one, like people just loved it. They they loved that track. Um, and I was surprised by the response. I, I I thought it was a really good track, but but like it like the, the response was like more than what I thought thought it was gonna be. And so it was really exciting. It made me feel really good. Um, and I hope that this cut, this one also has the same sort of reception because um, I, I think it's even better. Um, but the way it came together is uh you know I wrote the track itself and um I mean I wrote it knowing that I was going to need a vocal um and I hit her up cuz we were talking um for a while bef- like while I was writing the track um we had been texting or whatever um we're over the last like few days or so and uh and I was like hey do you do you happen to have uh any vocals um that that aren't you know like any any vocals that are recorded That you haven't sent off already to somebody else, and so she sent me a whole bunch of them. Um, And this one that she sent me was like the perfect fit. Like it it was as if we wrote like both like the music and the vocals together, which we totally didn't. You know, she just wrote those like totally on her own, and I wrote the song totally on my own. But if you listen to the track, it it's as if it's just like a perfect match for each other. Um, and it was just, it's so, it, it, it was so amazing when it came together. Um, so I, I didn't have to change anything about my track. I didn't have to change anything about her vocal. I just like literally laid it on there. And, and I, I will say that Anna herself is a, is a sound engineer. And so, um, her and, um, and Matthew steeper, uh, and Mike Schmidt, who have all worked with, uh, all those people, um, they are the best. Uh, vocalists, um, because they like not only do they sing extremely well, but they also can produce their own their own vocals. So like they they compress their vocals and they EQ it and and everything and add the effects and stuff like that. And then they send it to me like as if like I just need to stick it in the channel and maybe do a little bit of EQ. Yeah, and, and that's it.
1: That saves a ton of time
0: do it. Yeah, oh, totally, man. Well, not only it saves you time, but it's just like, they bring so much value to, to your song. Like, you know, it's, it's like it, it I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's so much better. Cause like when you stick it in there, a lot of times if I get a vocal um, and I have to work on it, um, which been, I mean, I do it, don't, I don't mind it, but it's just, it's so much more difficult to do. It's just so much more difficult to do. Whereas Doing it this way, it, like you, you, it, it, you stick it in there, and the song is like it's done, <laughs> you know. And, and it just it's a it's a great feeling. Um, so I, that's why I love working with her. I love working with Matthew Steeper uh, and Mike Schmidt. Uh, Matthew Steeper was a singer on Gasoline, and Mike uh, Mike was on Follow. Um, and then M- Matthew also uh, produces for a few other people. Haylene, um she was on the uh, Meteorites track that I did. Uh, and then I think he also does some stuff with, uh, this girl named Kara, who's on a few, uh, uh, tracks now. Um, she's done stuff for, um, she's done stuff for protocol. She just did something with enhanced, uh, and I'm hoping to do a song with her uh, as well. Um, but yeah, so, so I told you so, um, it's coming out on the 22nd, uh, on revealed recordings i um, super excited about it. Like I said, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a really cool track and uh, definitely one of the, like a bucket list item for me to get signed to uh reveal. So hopefully there's going to be more of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Well, well, congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Now, one thing I want to talk about, which, which I think um, is pretty important, and I might have talked about it before on the pod- podcast with some other guests, but I'm not sure. Um, approaching other people. Like like I'm sure you get a bunch of people messaging you on a daily basis, whether it's your Facebook page, email, maybe even your personal page, I don't know. Um, and I'm sure some of them are like well put together messages and others are kind of not that good. And <laughs> the kind of stuff you look at, because uh, like, I get them too, you get messages and someone's just like, hey, can you promote my music on your page? And it's like, you, you obviously haven't looked at the page. <laughs> you know, we don't promote music. Um, and you just don't look at them. You, you ignore them and, and whatever. What advice would you give to producers who have the skill that want to say start collaborations or just build a relationship with another producer? How do you recommend that they contact and, and kind of um, initiate conversation with that person?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is a really like particularly important topic to talk about. In fact, um, because, you know, as the world gets more and more like enraptured with social media and like online presence and not meeting people you do business with face-to-face anymore, uh, you know, people get less and less familiar with like the social etiquette um, that, that's just kind of like should be upheld.
1: Yeah. It's like you wouldn't, you wouldn't walk up to someone in the street and like, Chuck a CD in their face and say, can you exactly. give this to other people?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just old fashioned.
1: <laughs> no, I think you're polite. <laughs> I, think
0: that, I think that introducing yourself to someone you don't know and allowing them to get to know you before you ask them for something is the right thing to do. I mean, like, yeah, like I had to tell somebody that I had to actually had to tell somebody that. Um, and, and, and these people, they have the best intentions, you know, they they're not like purposefully being like, you know, dismissive of your, you know, time. Um, you know, they're just sending you a message and they want to be like, they're really excited. They probably like typed it up really quickly because they're, they're so excited to like show you something. But then, you know, you also get those people that like, like they, they say, okay. Um, I mean, like, uh, you know, like, I'll, I'll get Facebook messages from somebody that says something like, hey, no, I love your music. Let's write together. I'm in the studio tomorrow. And I'm like, and that's basically it. There's no, like, hi, I'm so-and-so. Uh, I know we don't know each other, but I think you're a really good producer. And I've been producing stuff myself for such and such time. Here's some songs that I've written, you know, and uh, if you like them and you think we might be a good fit, I'd love to write with you. I mean, I think that that, that, would probably be go over much, you know, more nicely than, um, Hey, I'm 16 years old. Let's write a song. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a typical like YouTube (laughs) comment. Um, but, but people will actually say those things and it's like, you know, like, yeah, you, you don't walk up to somebody in the middle, you know, in the middle of the street that you don't know and say, Hey, uh, let's, let's do this. Mm, mm. I'd be like,
1: that's just weird.
0: Yeah. It's weird. Exactly. So why isn't it weird online? You know, why why don't these people realize it? I mean, I would hope that their parents are teaching them better, at least face to face. I'm doing face to face. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they are, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, you you wouldn't walk up to somebody and say something like that. Um, you know, it'd be really weird. And I, I just, I think maybe it's because of the anonymity inherent in social media uh, that people think it's okay to just act like that online, but it's not. Um, but no, so so there's you know there's a there's a good way to do it, um, and it's it's interesting because uh, I have experienced that as well. Um, so basically, uh, you know, if if like if you want to ask somebody, you know, introduce yourself formally, say hi, my name is so and so. I'm from Los Angeles or wherever. Um, you know, I've got, you know, I've I've listened to your music and, you know, I'm actually a producer as well. I think we kind of ride the same sort of, you know, we have the same sort of vibe. Um, Here's something that I've been working on. I think that that, that's, you know, it's it's pretty good, but maybe this is missing or that's missing. Um, But here you go. Uh, If you'd like to listen to it, I'd really appreciate it. Um, you know, if you, if you want to like, I'd really like to work on it with you if you're up for it. Um, but if not, I totally understand. Uh, you know, if you still would like to listen to it, maybe, um, you could give me some pointers or something like that. And, and that's what like these guys, we are Rome, um, from LA actually. Uh, that's what happened to me, uh, with them on this track uh, called paradise. Uh, you know, they Facebook messaged me, and they were super polite. And they had the track that was pretty much completely written, um, but it wasn't produced, you know, super well. And it needed, you know, it needed a lot more work. It wasn't arranged well. It had like three drops in it, um, which you just, you know, you just don't do uh, in modern uh, music, or at least modern EDM. Um, so it was way too long. It was kind of messy. Um, but the melody, like the melody, really, really caught me. Like it really was like super romantic. Um so it really hit a chord with me, and I, I took them up on it because they were polite. They introduced themselves, and you know, they they talked to me as if like they were coming up to me in like a meeting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I think that goes a lot further than people think. Um, and And maybe it's also because you know a lot of people who these guys are messaging don't even respond.
1: Right, so that, yeah.
0: why should I? Why should I? Why would I spend the time writing this super long, nice message when I don't even think they're going to respond?
1: And well, so they kind of adopt that um, copy and paste. You know, a copy and paste to a hundred people, and hopefully someone will respond.
0: I'm sure that's what it is. And and so so for me, like I make it a point to respond to everybody who messages me. Um, so it, it's funny because uh, you were talking about. How do you balance all your time? Well, um, I do. I get back to 100% of the people, unless, unless they're just like, hi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I've literally gotten those messages. I've gotten, gotten more, more than once, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Same here. <laughs>
0: hi, and that's it. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, I, and I used to actually reply to those people, too. I'd be like, hi, back, you know. And then they'd continue with the message. And, and so, but it's like, you know, don't, don't do that. Like, why do I have to say hi? You know, tell me what you want up front. Um, But, anyways, (laughs) um, so, so, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to write your message as if everybody's going to respond. You know, it has to be personable, it has to be personal. You, I mean, it it ought to be like, hi, Noah, uh, I'm I'm so and so, or, or, you know, uh, hi, Sam, I'm so and so, and, and, and this is, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, These are my credentials. So you know that I'm worth talking to, and blah 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 blah. You know, I think I think being polite really goes a long way. Um, like I said, much much longer than than people think. But um, yeah, that paradise song, man. I mean, like you know, it was it was great. You know, I, I worked on it with the guys, and uh, you know, I just I think I think showing somebody something, especially if you're like a little bit like lower on the totem pole, maybe. Uh, then and, and again. I, I, I said this in the last interview, I hate sounding like I'm like tooting my own horn or, or, or that I'm better than, you know, other people. But like, there, there's just like a certain, like, you know, like some people that are at a certain level and some people are, are not at that level. Um, and that's just the reality of it. Uh, and these, we are room guys. Um, they knew that they were not at the same level that I was at, but they were good musicians. And so they, they showed me the track and like they brought value to their pitch you know, they weren't just like, hey, let's write a song from scratch. You know, you, you don't know me and I don't know you, but let's do it. I, I'm not, I'm not going to go for that, you know. Like, uh, it, who was it that said, said that? Um, okay, uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro will not make a movie with anybody that he doesn't know. Hmm. So if, if there's like a new director or a new producer or new actor or whoever is involved in the movie that he's going to be in, he makes sure to get to know them on a personal level. Like he has dinner with them and they go and hang out and they get to know each other well, you know, to the point where people call him Bob, you know. So it, it, I think it, it, that I, I kind of work the same way. I mean, maybe some other people don't, but I most certainly do. Like, I want to know who I'm working with because if it turns out that you're a huge jerk online <laughs> yeah, and we wrote a song together, I, I mean, I don't want to associate myself. that with,
1: comes back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Comes yeah back you.
0: I don't want to, I mean like, you know, th- there was a guy who was like really, um, super homophobic and I didn't know this about him, but he's like one of those, like, I mean, you know, n- not to, I don't know. He was just like super homophobic and super racist. And, and we wrote a song together or we were, we were, we were like in the process of doing that. And then I found out all this stuff on his Facebook. I'm like, wow, I, you know, I don't really want to continue writing this song with you, man. You're kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. I mean, it's like people write music with Kanye, <laughs> 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 you know, you know where I'm going with it. Yeah. 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 You know, so uh, I don't know. I, I, I think,
1: just, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Sorry. Well, I, I mean, I, I, so like, you know, if you're at a certain level and you're asking somebody who is like, if you're okay, let's say you're not signed to any labels, you're, you don't have any official tracks out, you don't, you know, you're, you're, you're like starting out, like you've got great skills, but you haven't like made a name for yourself yet. And then you're asking somebody who has uh, numerous tracks that have been out, you know, has hit, you know, beatport top 10, you know, that kind of thing if you ask them for, you know, for, like, to, to write a song with you, I think that you, you need to have written at least something that you want to pitch to them because that will get them interested. That's what got me interested in writing Paradise with We Are Our Own. If they just said, hey, let's write a track together, I don't think that we would have ended up writing a track together. I, I just, I don't. Because like, it would have, you know, like, why would I want to write, why would I want to sit there and write music with somebody that I don't know and I don't even know how good they are. Like, it could end up being that, like, I have to spend so much time teaching this guy what it is that we're doing. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're never going to write a song together because of the time that it takes, you know, and I don't have that kind of time, you know, honestly. I mean, I, I enjoy teaching people like that. I know who are my friends. I love, I love teaching, you know, people and the stuff that I do, but, you know, if you, if I don't know you and you don't know me and it's just like, it's, it's weird, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's crucial though, because at the end of the day, talk is cheap and you like, it's easy to message someone and say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm a talented producer. I've been doing it for six years, got all these skills, but they like, how they perceive that is just going to be, Oh, this is another person who's talking about how good they are. They don't like, I don't know anything about them. Yeah, if you yeah. don't send any sort of music, because, because music is what, like you said, that's the only reason you really collaborated with them. If they had said, um, uh, you know, we're super good at mixing, like can come up with melodies well. It's just going to be like, uh, I can't tell. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know for sure. Man. Yeah. Like, I, how, how am I supposed to believe that when, and I haven't seen anything from you, you know? But no, yeah, these guys sent me, and like I said, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't mixed grade, you know, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't perfect, uh, um, you know, it, def, it it needed like another like forty to fifty percent of the of the work still needed to be done, and so so I did that, and then it was fair, you know, you know? <laughs> um, because they had a great melody, they played the guitar really well, there was the vocal um, already recorded, like professionally recorded. So, so they were serious, you know, they, they spent time and probably a good amount of money trying to get that vocal recorded. Um, And so, so I was like, wow, yeah, this is, this is totally something that I want to work on. You know, it's the vocals sung very well. It's got a great melody. It's, you know, it's, it's like, it just needs that, you know, extra oomph, like that, that professional sheen. And that's what I brought, you know, that's I brought, Know, the the ability to take it from a rough track to a final product, uh, so much so that like I said, you know, Armada signed it. So, um, you know, I, I think I think that you know, yeah, you want to bring something and show people what you're uh, capable of. Uh, like like I got this message the other day, which um, I might have mentioned it earlier, but anyway,s I got this men- message, from um, this guy, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm so and so. Or no, he didn't even introduce himself. He was like, hey, no, I like your music. Let's write some songs basically like that. And I was like, okay, well, um, contact my management and we'll see what comes about. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then later on he's like, okay, so if we contact her and she says, yes, you know, like, can we start writing some chords together and stuff? And I'm (laughs) like, no, dude, (laughs) like talk to her first and then we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know, this went on for, for a little while. So yeah, I mean that's like the worst. It's like like don't don't like insist on it, you know. Like you know, let it like do what you know. If, if you're asked to do something, do that unless it's something ridiculous. But I don't think that contacting my management is anything that you know any other person would would do. So uh, or wouldn't do. I'm sorry. Um, so yes, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's like like a huge spectrum of people out there and some people just like really go to the extreme.
1: Of course, yeah. I mean, I I think to me the, the fundamental thing is that when you're trying to pitch someone who's a few levels higher than you, you add as much value as you can and like make it as easy as possible for them to A, make a judgment on whether they want to work for you and B, like respond to you. Um Like I love when people message me, and it's like i don't know, maybe a slightly long message, and they're like don't fit fe- like feel free not to respond or like don't rush or something like that, so like, that's yeah, good yeah. because there's no pressure, you know
0: yeah yeah, and and it's not like um yeah, I get those messages too, and I do appreciate the person saying that not because it's like, oh, thank God they're not wanting me to get right back to them, you know because I will I, I i typically typically unless I'm like really busy. Typically, if I'm like, if I get a message, I know that that person has taken the time to message me and they're sitting right at their computer at that moment because they just messaged me. So I actually like to message them right back and say, hey, you know, I, I will listen to this. I don't have the time right now. If, if I don't have the time, I don't have the time right now, but I, I will listen to this and I'll let you know what I think, you know, and, and they're and then they are super appreciative and then they become like a fan of yours or, or maybe even better, they might become a friend. Um, so, so yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's why I said like, I, I do, I respond to every message. I, I, I mean, I, I, definitely respond to comments. Like, like if I make a post and somebody comments, I will comment right back to you. 100% of the people get, get a response from me. Um, like I is said, is not, there like,
1: a point, is there a point where that becomes unsustainable though?
0: I'm sure it does. Like if you're Armin Van Buren and you're getting like <laughs> comments like every moment of the day, yeah, yeah. but that's not me yet. I mean, like I, I, hopefully I get to that point. I would like to, I would love to get to that point. Um, and yes, that will be unsustainable. Um, but right now, I mean, you no, know, I mean like I, I don't get to, I don't get back to everybody right away, but eventually, um, you know, I, I make it a point to. Say, oh, I haven't talked to this person. Okay. Let me let them know that I appreciate the fact that they're taking the time out of their day to say that they like my music or like the picture that I posted. I think it's just, you know, giving back to your fans. I mean, uh, it's important to know that they're appreciated because they're taking the time to appreciate you.
1: I think that's fantastic advice. All of that. Uh, you know, you, you did this collab and you took this idea with the vocal from like a rough track to a finished version. Um, a lot of a lot of people, including me, actually like struggle with the last 10% of, of a production. Um, first, why do you think that is and, and how do you kind of like push through that last, uh, last
0: 10%? Okay. Well, why I think it, why I think it is like that is because, and, and it's EDM specifically. Um, I think that it's because when you're producing, you're typically by yourself. And you're sitting in your room, and you're like, you're, you're working on this track. That last ten percent might as well be the last infinity, because <laughs> you, you, yeah. can spend, you can sit there and keep changing things until you die. You know, um, so like I, I, I mean, it's just it, it, like I said. That last ten percent, it, it, it could be you know, it could take the longest time to do to, to finish out. And I say that, but for me, like, I don't know why. What I mean by that is like, okay, when I write a song, um, I get to a point where I think that it's good enough to show someone, Uh, like a friend or a fellow producer or my wife. And uh, if enough of those people say, yeah, this is great, it sounds awesome, uh, then I guess that I start to think that it's close to being done. And I say done while I'm, I'm, I'm saying done with like the air quotes, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Audio, so I can't, can't show people. But, um, you know, I, I don't think, I honestly, I don't think a track is ever really done. Mm. It's just like done enough to show to like a label A&R. Um, so I send it off and then it eventually gets signed, hopefully. Um, but then it goes into hibernation, you know, until it gets released months and months later. Mm. And while it's tucked away in the bear cave, um, you know, I'm repeatedly listening to it, you know, because that's what we all do. Yeah, yeah. And as an artist, like, you know, when any artist, like, continuously reviews their track or their, or their, their work, um, which is basically what I do whenever I listen to, you know, when I listen to my tracks, I'm, I'm like, reviewing it. I'm, I'm listening to for things uh, that I might have done wrong or that I could have changed or whatever. And, you know, it, it's not even it's not even my own tracks. It could be like anybody's track and that's besides the point. Um, so when I'm listening to my my music, I I start to find holes or flaws, uh, you know, or things that I could have changed or added and I can't anymore because the track is already submitted to Beatport and iTunes already. And if you change some, if you change it at the last moment, you lose the potential for a feature, uh, because they select their features like five weeks in advance. And so I don't really understand why it's like that, but, That's just the way it is. So, um, you know, my tracks are are pretty much, they're they're only 90% done (laughs) when you think about it, when they're released, at least in my eyes. Um, You know, they're not not perfect, uh, in my opinion, but at the same time, they're good enough, you know? So I think, like, that last 10% might not be, like, something that you want to focus on in terms of, like getting it sounding better than it is because if you show it to enough people and enough of those people are like, this is an awesome song and you show it to a bunch of producers and those producers don't immediately say, Oh, you need to do this or, you know, oh, the, the bass is too quiet or loud or whatever. Then maybe the track is done.
1: Maybe yeah, it's, 100%.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a hundred percent done, you know? Um, so I think maybe it's like a mindset, like, yeah, yeah. Stop trying to think of trying to get the track to 100% from, from 90 or 80 or wherever you're at and just start thinking about getting it to the point where people other than yourself enjoy listening to it and where other producers aren't like, you know, fix this, Mm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think that, I think it it is a problem. I, I recognize that. And it used to be a huge problem for me. But like I said, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, maybe I think maybe it was Morgan Page that said this, or he could have been quoting it from somebody else. Um, but he knows that he knows that a track is done when he can't remove anything anymore without mm. it sounding weird.
1: I like that. I like that.
0: And so maybe, maybe go with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, because, because I mean, the mindset most of us have is to get through that last 10%, mm-hmm. whether it's even necessary in the first place. As right. you just said, um, you need to add, you need to add yeah. more, you need to fill it in more, but perhaps it's the opposite. And, and because people have that mindset, they keep adding more, thus making the track sound worse, worse, thus feeling like they're yeah. not getting anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then you start spinning your wheels and then you kind of get tired of listening to the track and then it's, it's crap, you know, yeah. it turns into a big, you know, ball of mush. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like i said you know if you feel like you're at 90 percent like if you feel like the track is pretty good where it's at you know it, it could be played in a track in a, in a club maybe take a step back and don't listen to it for like two or three days and, or, or a week the, you know the longer the better but you know i know it's kind of hard to <laughs> to do that um it's kind of get to force yourself to do it um but you know, so to do that, and then and then come back to it, and just listen to it. Don't like try and analyze it. And I know that it's hard because that's kind of like the curse of being a producer is that you you always analyze things. Now, like you can't like listen to a track; you always have to analyze it. But try not to like 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 consciously try not to, and just listen to the track and see if you hear anything that's missing. You know, because you might not and maybe, maybe listen to listen to it with somebody else in the room or a couple people in the room and then just ask them for their opinion once it's over and if they're like that that's awesome or yeah you know like and they, i mean cuz even if they're your friend like unless the track is absolute crap i mean like or or i mean yeah, yeah, even if the well, okay so i guess well, i guess what i'm trying to say is like i, I think that your friends like if you ask them to be honest with you they will be honest. They won't tell you that a track is good if it's if it's absolute crap. So, you know, listen to it with a couple people and and see if they see anything that's wrong with it. And if not, you know, it's 100% done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, <coughs> if, if you're a new producer and you're listening to this, this is even more important because if you're spending your time Trying to get to 100% every time, you know, spending weeks just tweaking things. Yeah. You're not going to be progressing as fast. I, I think I said this in my, in my book or, or something like that. But if you get to 90% and then, you f- and then you leave that track or release it or whatever, and then you get to 90% the next time, because you're progressing fast and learning, that 90% is going to be like the 100% um, in terms of quality yeah. compared to the last track. And so if you keep getting to 90% every time, you're going to get better. You right know, as opposed to trying to get to that perfect um standard which never happens of course and yeah. as a result not really learning or getting better
0: Right Yeah and I mean like I said I mean you know if you leave the track alone for a few few days like <laughs> it might magically get to 100% on its own because like, you know, when you come back and listen to it that next time it's the, it's it could be it could be done already You know so you don't have to really really worry about that just, just get it good enough to where you, it's good enough to play alongside other tracks that are already out there. Um, because, like I said, we can—you can always find something that you would change. Always, like in every single one of my tracks that I've done, there, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm like, nah, I could have done this, or I wish I did that, or whatever. But people are still buying my music. You know, people are still playing my music. Hardwell's playing my music. You know, Tritone's playing my music. You know they don't think those things, so I mean, you know, like maybe they're not as big a deal as as I'm making it out to be. You know, or maybe maybe they wouldn't have made the track that much better. I don't know. I mean, maybe they would have, but but other people seem they seem to think that they're just fine.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think we can we can easily get inside our own head and tell ourselves all this stuff. You know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. But I
1: suppose that's what being creative. Like everyone's like that. Yeah. And, and sure. in some respects, like it's what makes your work good.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, it, like you worry about those things and there are important things, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a balance. The point where, yeah. There's a balance. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not, I'm not sure if you do this, but um, I know a lot of people, including myself from time to time, like to just practice, like not work on a song, maybe, work on sound design or just write like 10 melodies in an hour. Do you do anything like that? Just, just practicing instead of working directly on a track.
0: So, yeah, so I, I don't really, uh, practice <laughs> per se. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I uh, sound design, um, I don't do a whole lot of, um, so I've kind of already got like a good, like bunch of like patch banks that I, that are like staple sounds that aren't aren't necessarily like you know oh you didn't make that sound because it's it's like I could if I wanted to it's yeah like a, it's
1: a stupid oh, mindset that whole you have to make your yeah. sounds from scratch
0: yeah 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 exactly so I mean if I did that every time I started a track man I would never finish a track <laughs> <laughs> I mean it would take you it take months just to write a track no you can't you can't be doing that and that's why that's why you know um, it took so long to write music in the first place when you know presets weren't even like in existence, you know, it's because you have to set up everything every time you wanted to write a song. Um, but no, so so I I don't do a whole lot of that, but, um, I will say that, uh, and I, we just mentioned this being the curse of being a producer, but I do think it's, it is important to like listen to other people's songs and sort of, um, like pick apart what they've done. Um, and you don't necessarily have to, like, try and, like, separate the sounds out, like, actually separate them. I just, you know, just listen to the song and, like, listen to, like, how much reverb they've put on something or how much, you know, <clears throat> um, if, if the kick is punchy enough or that kind of stuff. Like, I I, I always listen for that. I always listen for, for a punchiness of a kick. And, and it's, it's mainly because I guess I'm not very confident with the, the punchiness of my own kicks. So I'm like... Is this one like, is this one like better than mine or, or, or is mine okay? Like, does it, does it sound better than this one? Stuff like that. So um, that, that's something that I think uh, it's important to me. Um,
1: I think it's important for all producers to, to deconstruct other music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I do it all the time. I mean, I, I can't even, li- I can't listen to music anymore. I buy music. I'm like, mmm, that sounds good. But they did it with the filter, or uh, I wouldn't have done that. Like, like, okay, so there's this one song, uh, it's on the radio. It's not EDM, um, but it's it's a song, it's it's all over the radio. It's called Son of a Bitch by uh Daniel rightliff and the night sweats. Um and there's this snap sound, there's like a like he's like snapping uh throughout the whole track. And there's so much reverb on it. And then like the vocals. Uh, just have like a regular, like a small, like a room reverb. So it sounds like somebody's snapping like in a cathedral, but the vocal is coming from like a small room. And so it sounds like they're two, like they're coming from two completely different spaces to me. And, you know, and I told it to my wife and she was like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's something that I noticed. And so I hear stuff like that in tracks all the time. Um, so it's not necessarily practicing, but, you know, and it's even, it's even ruined some songs for me, (laughs) but, uh, I think it's a cool thing to do because it sort of helps you kind of sort out what you're doing yourself. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're not listening to what other successful people are doing, you won't really be able to kind of compare yourself to anything, which I think is is important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's good. Um, not everyone has this problem, but I certainly do. Like I need to actually remember to, to just take time to listen to music. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I, I deconstruct as well when I'm listening passively, but sometimes it just, my brain turns it off. And so every now and then I'll sit down for like 30 minutes and just study a song, like not, not look at it and Ableton just like close my eyes and just listen to it with headphones or something. And you just, you pick up so much.
0: You really do. You really do. And, and it's, it's, I think it's something that I used to do even as a kid, like before I started producing or anything, I used to do that because like, and, and Matt Zoe actually mentioned this after he wrote his, his album. Um, but he, he said something like, uh, you know, with hip hop albums back from like the eighties or not, not 80s, the eighties, the nineties, um, if you listen to them multiple times, like just, I mean, if if you're trying to learn the lyrics or something like that, you know, uh, you can listen to them multiple times and you'll start hearing things that you didn't hear the time before that you listened to it or the time before that. There's just like little, like, you know, quirks of the song that, you know, are really, really interesting. And I think that that's, that's just like a cool thing, not even from like a producer perspective, but just like, as a from a like as a listen like from a listener perspective like hearing a song more than once and hearing it differently the second time you listen to it it's just kind of cool um, so um, I don't know I mean slow tangent there but no uh,
1: no I absolutely agree
0: yeah I mean I think that like even even if you are analyzing the song you you can kind of like have have a better appreciation for them for the song once you have heard all the little nuances and little like tidbits that the producer mm. is thrown in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, <laughs> some people, you know, joke about it being a curse as a yeah. producer that you can't listen to music, but I, to be honest, I think it's better because you kind of experience music in this, in this new way.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's something that's definitely like not the vast majority of people in the world are not going to experience music that, that way. And it is kind of interesting. Like I, I think it's a little bit of a curse because, like, I can't. Oh yeah, sometimes. I mean, like, I go to a concert and I'm thinking this, <laughs> <way>. <laughs> you know. um, But
1: listen to the birds chirping, and it's like, oh yeah, it's probably between, you know, one thousand hertz and
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> it's Like, oh yeah, they must have rolled off the bass at like four. It's not super, super low. <laughs>
1: um no a, a lot of people struggle with arrangement like structure and arrangement you know the terms used interchangeably mm-hmm. what advice would you give to to those producers
0: okay so, so this, is, this is super easy <laughs> uh it'll solve a lot of everybody's problems um uh, just listen to music uh that, literally that's it um and just see how the arrangement's set up um because it, it's it's it is is a standard like there's like just a couple of ways that are done in EDM. Um, and, and one of the ways that EDM is done is, is like pop structure. Um, so when I, when I say that, I mean, I can tell you exactly what to do. Uh, so for most of EDM, um, like with the pop structure, it's a 16 bar intro, 16 bars of verse, 8 bar chorus, 8 bar buildup, which kind of can include the chorus. So maybe a 16 bar chorus with a buildup in the last 8 bars. Then a sixteen-bar drop, and then it just repeats. You know, of course, with, the, with the, without the intro, and then at the end of that, there's a sixteen-bar outro, and that, that's literally it. If you listen to all my songs, that's pretty much how every single one of them is written. Um, some of some of them might be longer than sixteen bars, but that order is exactly how you need to do it. Like, and and don't like try and change all that up because, like I said, that that's that's standard. That that's yeah. the way.
1: It's, it's a popular structure for yeah, a reason.
0: Ex- exactly. Exactly. Um, now, you, you got some like trance in house that's a little bit different because it's written strictly for the clubs. So they basically got a 32 bar intro, 32 bar bass drop, 32 bar break, 16 bar build, 32 bar melody drop. And then you can do like a 32 bar bass drop again and then 32 bar outro. And that'll end up at like 128. That'll end up being like six minutes or six and a half minutes. So you can kind of cut some of that off because modern music now is obviously a lot shorter than that. But back in like 2012, 2011, like that is, and still now, like, like most trance is that. Um, you know, and I mean, if you really want to really go want to get simple about it, just take your favorite song or whatever song you're, you know, you're trying to copy the uh, arrangement from. Um, because that's okay to do.
1: <laughs> of course, yeah.
0: Um, but just stick it on like the top channel on your DAW and then just, you know, copy the arrangement. Like, write the, your intro is how long that song's intro is, your break is how long that song's break is, and so on and so forth. Um, I think it's a, it, it's a, it can't be a daunting task because you've got so much stuff that you want to put in but if you stick to if you stick to that arrangement it'll actually not only are you like getting the arrangement together which again is a daunting task but it'll help limit what you're going to stick in there you know like cuz sometimes some producers like some some producers that will send me their stuff like there's just there's there's too much content it, the song goes on for too long it starts sounding really monotone like really like you know the same like over and over, and over again and I'm like, all oh, that sounds really good, but if you cut it, cut each section in half, it would sound so much better. Um, and, and so I think that, like, doing that, you know, it'll it'll really help you out just by, you know, limiting the amount of of content that you can put into your song.
1: Yeah, and and what about the, um, I mean, the more intricate parts? It's not really arrangement, but kind of is, uh, like. I know a lot of people struggle with transi- oh, transition specifically, you know, going from one part to another smoothly and that's something you're extremely good at. Like listening to your music, it flows really well. Um, what, it's maybe a hard question to answer, but what tips would you give for dealing with transition specifically?
0: No. So, so it's actually, um, it's actually pretty, again, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, I just use effects to lead into the next part of the song um, so if a vocal is gonna come in um, I'll take like a reverse reverb of the first syllable of of the vocal so it'll be like a uh, and then and then the vocal will come in uh, or something like that or, or use a riser um, risers are always good they don't have to just be in the build you know they can be at the beginning of a verse or something like that. Um, you know, it, it kind of gives the listener without really like being super obvious about it. Like it gives the listener a sort of like sense that things are going to change once you get to the top of that riser um, stuff like that, or uh, okay. Um, if you're about to introduce like a new base part, um, take out the base of the part that is right before that transition point. So what I'm saying is like, um, it, it's kind of like a build. Um, you know, typically with, well, at least with my builds, um, when there's like, you know, all the snares are coming in and, you know, like, like slot, a, a lot of, a lot of white noise. Um, from the start of the, the build, I'm taking out a lot of the base. So I'm like slowly removing the base, slowly removing the base. And then like right before the, the first kick comes in like the base will be at like, you know, I'll, I'll have a filter on at like 300 Hertz or something like that. Um, so there's barely any base because like once that first kick comes in, if it's, if it's preceded by hardly any base at all, that first kick is going to seem so much more massive. Uh, and so you can do that with, with anything. It doesn't necessarily just have to be a build. Um, like so you can do it with, uh, you know, again, introducing a vocal or introducing like your pre-chorus or something like that. Just take the bass out of the part of, that's like the like the like the last four beats. Yeah, um, yeah. The preceding measure, and uh, and then once that the bass comes into the next part, it just it seems so much more impactful. And then you like I said, you, you throw like a riser on there, um, do some reverse reverb stuff, uh, and it really. I mean, I don't know. it just it it. I guess it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what I do, but I kind of do all of that.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: Um, you know, all at the same time, too. Um, and, okay, oh, another thing um, is um, a good trick that I've found <clears throat> is uh, to add, like, a, a low-pass kick um, to the transition point. So, like, right, again, I don't, I don't know how you describe it. Like, like, the point at which you're transitioning to. Like, that first beat, even if there's no kick drum, there's no, like, you know, rhythm, there's no drums or anything, um, just add a really, really low-pass kick, like a kick that's, like, all the high ends cut off until, like, I don't know, like a, like 100 hertz or something like that. So it's really just kind of, like, the punch and the sub of that kick. And make it, like, short. Don't, like, not like a, like a big room kick, but like a, you know, a short, like, trancey kick. Just something punchy. Um having that there like really gives that sort of like a, like a, like, you know, sudden kind of impact.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. At the transition point. I think that that works really well for me. So yeah, just effects and, uh, and that kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, really no well.
1: for sure. Um, in the, the last time we talked episode 21, you mentioned that you use templates to start a new track. So like you'll take, Uh, If I recall correctly, you know, you'll, you'll take the project from like the last track you made and kind of strip it out and use it as a starting point for a new one. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could dive into that a little bit deeper because since that episode has been posted, uh, I I noticed you're applying to a few comments, actually. Um, I I can't remember what some guy said, but you know, it it, it was a little bit controversial.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think he. I, well, I don't know if it's the same guy. That, I, I do remember one guy being like, um, "Well, that, that you know, sure you can do that if you want to just churn out tracks, but that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't really. You're not really writing tracks with feeling. You're just writing tracks quickly." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Man, you have no idea. Like, like I mean, I put my heart and soul into every single song that I that I write." Just the fact that I'm able to like come up with, I came up with an idea that saves me time in doing that. Like that, I mean, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you do that? You know, it was like, like okay, I'm gonna be super honest right here. Um, that track that I'm releasing on or uh, on Revealed, uh, I used the same track project file that I used for my track follow. Those two tracks sound nothing alike. They, you know, the, the kick is the same, but that, that that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if I didn't say that, I don't think anybody would be able to tell. And I think that it's one of the best tracks that I've written. So, you know, I, like like I said, why, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I kind of like can sort of, overcome the, the uh, difficulty that most people are having and that, that we've that we've even spoken about is just like by not having enough time in the day to write music especially write music at like the um, at the rate that I write it at uh, I, I overcame that by using this method you know um, so I don't know I just I, I kind of like having things already laid out for me once I'm like once like when I sit on my computer I don't want to like. Okay, so let's okay. Let's say I, I have a melody in my head. Yeah. Okay. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on my computer. I'm gonna write it into the DAW. Well, if I have to open up the DAW and it's a blank file, like blank, you know, blank canvas. Yeah, you know, I've got that melody in my head. Okay, I'm gonna have to pull in Massive or Silent or Serum or whatever, and then um, you know, I'm gonna find a patch that's kind of inspiring. Doing all that, like find, especially finding a patch, that could take you know, like five minutes. But in in the first like thirty seconds, I might have already forgotten that melody. You know, so but if I open up a project file that I know, like there's lead sounds in there that already sound cool. They're separated out. You know, th- there's there's a chord. You know, section that if I want to write some chords with it, I can quickly go in there and do that. Um, the bass sections already on everything's already EQ'd properly the side chains on there so it's going to sound cool when i when i hit the space bar and play it you know e- everything's going to sound good so i can just get in there and, and put the melody in i'm already done with the melody you know why why would you not want to do that kind of thing um, you know and they they're, they're going to the, the track's going to end up sounding different like clearly because you know like my track follow my track told you. So they don't, they, again, they don't, they don't sound anything like each other, but they stemmed from the same project file together. So I don't know.
1: What is the, what is the, one of the biggest challenges you've faced as a producer?
0: Hmm. Like personally, um, I guess, uh, <laughs> it's going to sound funny because it's counterintuitive to everything that we've been talking about, but it's finding the time to write music. Um, that, that really is it. And, and that's why I use, you know, old project files and re- recycle them or, or use a template or, you know, look for an inspiring melody that might be in a, in a sample pack and just change a little thing or, or not change anything at all. Um, because, you know, in the end, that's why those people, like are selling those sample packs so you yeah, can use yeah. their stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the, the biggest challenge to me is just finding the time to, to write music. And so you have to find ways to overcome that by things that we, you know, we just finished talking about. Um, but I guess, uh, I mean, you know, going, going to where you, what you're talking about with, with, um, you know, my father wanted me to be a doctor and, uh, that kind of thing. Like, you know, a lot of people might not have the support that they need to really fulfill their dreams of being a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, or may not, maybe not, it's not even the support from other people, but it's the fact that, you know, you have to have money to do this. Like you, you, you can't just do it like, you know, without any money, you, you need certain things like you need equipment, you know, um, you need, uh, I don't know. You, you, if, if you're going to hire somebody to to make your logo for you, or you're going to promote your music, you need money for like flyers or, or Facebook ads or that kind of stuff. Um, and again, you don't really need that in the beginning, but you certainly need it if you're like starting to take it seriously, um, and you definitely need it if you if you're going to be doing it full time. Um, but I feel like. You know, again, I feel like as somebody who has a full-time job, um, which, which is a career. Like it's, it's not like a, you know, um, I, mean, I don't want to belittle other people's jobs, but um, I mean, it's, it's just not, a, It's
1: not a dead-end job that you hate,
0: right? Exactly. Yes. So, like for something, some like for someone like me who who's going who's doing that, I almost feel like it's my responsibility to tell people that, uh, you, you have to be realistic with your goals. Um, so if you're 17 and your goal is to be a DJ and make a lot of money and and you want to take it seriously, um, you can do that, but don't drop out of school. Stay in school. I mean, I think that like going to university is really important for, a person, uh, you know, a person's like a young person's development, especially in this day and age, because you you learn to meet you you meet so many different people at university, especially if you're like going to a, like a diverse university. Like like I went to uh, the University of Texas at Austin, which I believe is the biggest school in America. Huh. Um, we got something like eighty thousand students or something like that wow. or maybe more now. Um, so it's a, it's a huge school. So you meet tons of people and I met people that I like, I had never met this kind of a person before I went to, to UT. Uh, and so it just, I think it it opens your eyes to a lot of different things that you wouldn't be exposed to. Um, now you might, you might be exposed to a little bit of it. Um, but if you go to a super diverse school, it's going to be completely different experience. One that you'll never get anywhere else. And I think that it's it's necessary for you to have those experiences as a young person. Um, but not only that, but, like, you know, going to school, like, it'll, like, and again, <laughs> I, I don't want to, like, say anything bad about anybody else's things. But I think that majoring in something, like, in the sciences mm. is, is really important because that will give you a leg up uh you know, like business also is, is, is pretty, you know, you, you but, can do stuff.
1: Yeah. Persons. But there are, let's be honest, there are degrees out there that kind of aren't worth studying.
0: Exactly. Like there, <laughs> there are, there like there are, edu- there are degrees where it's like, it's, it's education for the sake of education. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't even know why that. Which is
1: fine if, if you've got the money and want to learn about yeah, it. but exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: I'm not going to lead to a career. To a
0: career, like, you know, don't major in like, underwater basket weaving or something <laughs> <laughs> or whatever um, you know you're going to want to major in like like finance or engineering or biology or something like that because that will that will take you places that you know like the, the world I saw I saw this um, and I can't remember who it was but it was somebody important said this Somebody famous and important. I can't remember who they are, (laughs) Uh, but so they said um, the world does not need any more artists. It doesn't need any more musicians. It doesn't need any more photographers. Like we got enough. Like we're we're saturated. Like we're oversaturated. You know, there's so much music that's out there right now going unheard simply because people don't have enough time to listen to all that music. You know. what the world does need is more, you know, scientists, uh, more, you know, f- like, uh, uh, people in physics or, uh, astronauts or things like that, things that will help humanity. And so I think that like having a dream of being a, uh, a musician is fantastic. It was my dream, you know, and, and, and I feel like I'm, I'm somewhat living it, but yeah, yeah. you know, like, I, I've also got this other side of my life where, like, I'm doing something that, you know, I think is, is pretty worthwhile. Um, and it's helping, you know, I'm helping people see better. Uh, or I'm helping, you know, people's, you know, if they've got an infection, I, I can help them out and get rid of that. Um, so, I, you know, I said it in the lab, last podcast that you want to be a productive member of society. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you're a musician, that's fantastic. But if you're not like, Again, you know, if you're not at at the you know top of your game and you're making good music, like you're spending all your your like your your full time job is learning how to be a musician. That's not really, you know, you're, you're like you're not really contributing to society. You know, you're you're learning how, and I guess that's okay. But um, you know, you want to do something in case that fails because the the odds are stacked against you as a musician. Um, I feel like there's still stacked against me and, and most people see me as like a successful, you know, a successful case. And I I don't like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm where I want to be, you know, with, with music. Um, so, you know, that being said, like I make a lot more money (laughs) as a doctor than I do as a musician. Um, so, you know, there, there's people that will be playing way bigger clubs than me. And I know that these people haven't, you know, like, and it's simply because of proximity. Like, like I live in Austin, and we don't have any you know huge super clubs. But in LA or New York, there are people who like don't even produce, but they've met the right produ- they've met the right uh, promoter, and so they're playing like Exchange LA or whatever you know huge club Avalon something like that, huge club in LA. And I've never played those clubs. But that person is going to go home, like going to go home in their Honda. Uh, nothing wrong with Hondas, but they're going home in <laughs> their Honda. They're liable. <laughs> <But>, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to their, uh, you know, apartment yeah, or whatever. And I get to drive home in you know, uh, my BMW to uh, a house that's on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And none of that money is coming from music. Uh, you know, you, you like, there, there are so many things that will make you a successful person other than than music, but music can still be a huge part of your life. Like it is mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that. And I, I just want to interject quickly because I feel like, um, and I had this as well. And, and it, like, I definitely don't want to come across and I, I'm sure you don't as well as like, Oh, we didn't make it. So this is why we're saying this. <laughs> kind of thing because that's not what it is. It's more, I, I think, the way you were putting it, it's like a it's almost a, a war, not a warning, but like just keep this in mind because there seems to be quite the survivorship bias out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like survivorship bias for people who don't know, it's like looking at a few, I believe, looking at a few edge cases and p- saying that you're going to end up that way as well. Like, oh, if I drop out of school, I'm 16, I'll be like Bill Gates. 'll be successful because that's what they did, except yeah. they are like the the one percent of the one percent
0: right know? yeah
1: and and so I feel like that happens in the music world as well. It is extremely hard to to make a living in music. Um, I think you can do it, but I think the worst way to do it is to like build up a few months of buffer and try to just go all in you know
0: yeah, I mean I guess yeah you, you really I don't know. I mean, you, you, I guess you just, you just want to keep your day job yeah, uh, yeah. because things may not take off as quickly as you'd like them to. Hopefully they take off at all. Um, you know, uh, you, you were, you were interviewing somebody else who had said that, uh, and I think he was quoting Bill Gates, which is funny because you just mentioned him. <laughs> um, but he said, uh, you know, you, you, overestimate what you can do in a year, but under what you can do in five years, and that, that's sort of that, – it's a little bit like not exactly what we're talking about here, but it's kind of like – I mean, you, you don't want to plan um, that you're going to make it. You want to plan that you're not going to make it, but hope that you will.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I don't know. And that, that's, that's what people told me when I was trying to go to school, when I was trying to become a doctor. It like, it's like it's extremely difficult to, to do that. Um. And people told me, you know, hope that you make it, but plan for if you don't make it. What are you going to do if uh, if you don't become a doctor? If you fail a class or something like that? And uh, you know, thank God, uh, you know, I, I studied really hard and I didn't fail any classes, and uh, and I got through it all, um, and and now I'm here. But I think, yeah, I mean, just just to kind of set it on because, like, yeah, I, I I don't want to sound like. You know, um, I'm not super, I'm not a super famous DJ, so I have to do this other thing, you know, because like I said, I mean, most people would assume like, and and I think I'm, I'm pretty successful musician, um, you know, not touring the world yet, but, but, uh, like I, I, you know, I plan to, in fact, um, I, I just signed on, uh, with an agency, um, a new agency and hopefully... Uh, I will be uh, touring pretty soon.
1: So, so how do you balance that and work then?
0: Like I said at the beginning, it's just a lot of begging for time off. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, no, but but even even then, I mean, uh, you, you know, like I, I work during the week and the weekends I have off, so so I can you know go DJ on like a Friday and Saturday. Thursdays are a little tough, but you know every once in a while I can probably do it and then um, you know, it's really just, it's Friday and Saturday that are really the party nights anyway. So, um, I think it's, it's pretty doable with a job that's a, you know, nine to five Monday through Friday. If you work on the weekends, yeah, it's, it's a little different. Um, and I don't really have a good solution for that, but, um, yeah, you know, it it kind of works for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Noah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Glad to have you on, for a second time uh do any last words of advice for the listeners
0: just keep working at music man um just keep working at it if you get writer's block you know take a little break but make sure you come back to it um you know i know i know that we talked about kind of things that like you know you might not make it or you know you need to keep your day job whatever don't think that i'm saying and i said this in the last interview but i, I don't want to make it very crystal clear that I'm not saying that you can't follow your dreams. I'm saying that you, you most certainly should. I'm just saying that I'm also saying that you, you need to plan for the worst. You know, you need to plan for the, like an outcome where you're not a musician. Um, because it is really, really tough. It, it is a cutthroat world. It's a lot of who, you know, not how good you can produce. So if you don't know the right people, you know, um, Things can be much more difficult than than you had originally anticipated. Um, so, a second thing I would say, I guess, is go socialize. Don't spend all your time in the studio. Um, like I said, a lot, a, like the the bare minimum is for you to be able to write music. You need to do more than that. So get out there. You know, go meet people. Go say hi to the the promoters at the club. Um, you know, if you don't know any of them, go introduce yourself. They're really cool people. They're they they are people people, like they want to meet other people out there. You know that's why they're pinning on these events. So you know go to, like look at who is throwing the party. You know go buy tickets, bring your friends, and then you know try and like find out who the the main promoter is, or if not the main promoter, maybe somebody lower down the chain, and just go say hi to them. Um, you know you can ask even the people that work at the club, you know, who's running this show. And they might point them out to you is just go up and introduce yourself. Say, hi, I am Noah Neiman. I'm, you know, I'm a producer. Um, you know, I really appreciate you putting on these parties. Um, I'd like to DJ for you. Yeah, if, if you can't DJ. Um, and a lot of times they're, they're looking for people like that. Um, they might, you know, want you to help out with promoting, like they might have you pass out flyers and stuff. And if you're starting out, I mean, that's kind of what you have to do. But you know, I, I think it's I think it's really important for you to go out there and, and meet people, and not just you know lock yourself away in the studio and and type away at your uh, keyboard and mouse and and, and uh, MIDI controller. <laughs>